Welcome into the Roaring Repeater podcast here on 7220sports.com. I'm your host, Cody Tucker, joined as always by Jared Newland. The wind's blowing 95 miles an hour outside, but it's beautiful today. It's actually not that bad up on the hill. That's shocking. <laughs> and good news, because I'm on my way to the basketball game tonight here in a couple hours. Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but it is a beautiful day out, though, um, nice. temperature-wise. Man, it's nice. Snow's finally melted. Man, it's getting getting nice around here. It's supposed to be even nicer tomorrow. Yeah, and it, I hear it's going to be even nicer in Tucson. In fact, I know it's going to be nicer in Tucson, because I've been there twice in the last five years. So this will be the third. So, But people are still bitching <laughs> yeah. that we're going. I know. That we, as Wyoming fans and team. Yeah. Are going down there. I've never heard so much bitching. You might have heard Wyoming will be in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl facing a very good 11-2 and Toledo squad. Well, they were better just a day ago. <laughs> they were much better <laughs> We'll get into ago. that here in a few. Much better a day ago, but really good team out of the MAC. If you're ever going to get excited about playing a MAC team, I mean, that's probably about as excited as you can get. So, uh, definitely has lost some luster, but the Cowboys are back in the postseason. Um I thought the greatest news of the day was the fact Utah State was going to the Potato Bowl. I thought Wyoming fans would over be overjoyed by that. Big win there. Big win. But it made all the sense in the world. Six and six, they backed their way in by beating New Mexico in double overtime to get it to six wins. They're the closest campus. They haven't been there since 2015. Wyoming's been there twice since 2017. So it made all the sense in the world. I think you and I, Jared, were both would have been thrilled if the Cowboys played that this bowl game in Texas. Uh, I think we would have liked that for a million different reasons. But boy, people—you would think this is a four and eight team. The way people are bitching about the Arizona Bowl, and I understand the barstool, you know, part of it, and not liking those dudes and all that. I don't care about them at all. They're they're a non-factor in my life. But I'm I'm their demographic, and I could care less. But I'm all, all I, I understand you guys bitching about that. We heard it all last year, but. Man, to gripe about going back to Tucson, Arizona in late December, uh, it's a great bowl game. It's put on very well. There's a lot of great entertainment down there. They have awesome events. They want the Wyoming Cowboys to be there. Do you want to be CSU and not going anywhere? Exactly. Again? Exactly. They trade places with Wyoming in a heartbeat. I just, I'm, I'm kind of shocked, man. I, I just haven't seen any good, happy, like, you know, this is an 8-4 and four football team. Yes, and we all agree that there was a very good chance they could have been ten and two. Yes, nine and three. Would we rather have that? Of course we would. Yeah. But the past is the past. They're eight and four. They're going to a bowl game again, third time in a row. First time in school history, a team has gone to a bowl game three times in a row. Yeah. Live with it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And learn it. We've talked about this before. Fifteen more practices for these young guys. Mm-hmm. 15 more practices and a send-off for the seniors, yep. which is a huge reward for them. And a couple of them have desires to play at the next level, and some of them will. Others will go off with their degrees, raise their families, and get their jobs, and but they'll have memories of playing in three consecutive bowl games for the University of Wyoming. Yeah, and we haven't had a chance to talk to Greg Bull. He's busy recruiting right now. Um, we, I, I understand we will be talking to him soon. I don't know if it'll be this week or what, but – I'm sure these players aren't bummed. I mean, you get to go down. It's essentially kind of a, I don't want to say vacation, but essentially it's kind of a vacation. You know, you got to strap it up a little bit while you're there and you got to play in the game and everything. But these guys are having fun. They're going to events. They're doing stuff. It's it's so much better than the alternative. The alternative being no bowl game at all or Boise, Idaho. And some people's gripes about this game is that it's post-Christmas. Yeah. To where, like if it were a New Mexico Bowl or something like that, it's, it's the first weekend, December 16th. You get it over with, then you have the full holidays yeah. to, to do everything else. And maybe on the player side, they kind of would like that or maybe even prefer that as well. Because mm-hmm. now they practice, they go home, they meet up in Tucson, you know, or, or check, catch the charger or whatever it may be. And then they start going from there. Then they disperse from there again. Yeah, It, it is kind of an odd situation there but we talked about the guaranteed rate bowl that's in phoenix that unlv got that bid for and they get to play ku mm-hmm. that's no that's december 26th yeah would obviously the opponents better but travel wise for fans that i in my opinion that makes it even harder because you'd probably have to go the day of the game yeah and you're probably only there one day and you're out or you go a couple days and you're spending your christmas in a hotel in room. a hotel room yeah yeah, I, I we talked about it before we came on the air. Something I like about having that late bowl game is 
which obviously it's hurting Toledo right now badly. They're losing a lot of players in the transfer portal, but if Wyoming doesn't lose some here in the next week, two weeks, something like that, you have to feel like it's going to be pretty damn quiet on that front because they don't have time after that bowl game to find a new school and, and get into school and move and even go see schools and, and talk to coaches. And at that point, they're most likely going to be here throughout the entire spring. Yeah. And then if, if somebody does have a desire to go into a portal at that time, it's going to be the day after the spring game, Yep, which is when it opens. Yep, exactly. <laughs> at that point. But as of day two, Wyoming has two players in the portal that we already knew yeah. were going to be in the portal that were announced – one was announced way back in September, mm-hmm. and the other one was announced two weeks ago. Yeah. So at this point, you have to feel really good as a Wyoming fan that there's no key players that are going to be entering the portal. And once again, we talked about this before we came on the air. The ones that are probably going to be entering the portal are ones that are most likely going to be asked to leave. Yes. No doubt. And I mean, you mentioned it earlier too about the, you know, they have to fly into the game or whatever. That really caused some havoc last year because the airlines were having troubles around that time and, and flights were getting canceled left and right. Which player was it that? Uh, LJ Richardson, running back, got hosed hard. And he had no. He had no control over the weather. Yeah. And Craig still said, well, you didn't practice. You weren't at practice. You know what, Craig? <laughs> Lighten your belt a little bit on that. And that was a team that had zero running backs going into that game. Zero running backs with a carry. They even had to move over Sam Scott as a linebacker to take some carries in that game. Which turned out good for Sam. He's got yep. a lot of playing time this year. Yep. Won a game against Texas Tech because yep. of Sam Scott. Yeah, no doubt. It was weird. You, know, I, I feel for LJ Richardson, though, talking to him. He's just like, man. You know, and, and it wasn't just the weather. It was those – the airlines were having all kinds of snafus. Computer issues. Computer, yep. Yeah, it was a huge issue. So it's probably not easy logistically at it's that point. Probably the Russians. Yeah, yeah, probably. Blame them for everything. Uh, to get all those people to Tucson, though, that's kind of a that's kind of a pain about it being around the holidays. Yeah, because you're not coming back to Laramie. Not everybody jumping on a charter and then going. So yeah. it is. It's it's a logistical nightmare. Put yeah. it that way. But then you get there and you couldn't ask for much better in late December. And there's a ton of Wyoming fans down there. The snowbirds galore. It just really good crowds, really good weather. It's it's actually it's a really good time. And like I said, I don't care about the barstool stuff and all that. That doesn't do anything for me. But it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. We will it will be interesting to see if now that the game is on a network, the CW, mm-hmm. that if the barstool announcers do have to tone it down a little bit because cable TV's changed. You can say a lot of things on cable TV that you couldn't ten years ago. No. I mean, F-bombs? F-bombs maybe not, but maybe some of the jokes yeah. that only people, I'm going to say your age and below maybe get. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there, there, are some, there are some gray hairs out there that have like, I don't even get what they're talking about. Yeah, and which some, is probably good. Yeah. <laughs> but So it will be interesting to see if they do have to tone it down and – I was hoping that the eight, the guys who called the ACC games on the CW were actually going to be doing the the announcing for the CW, and then Barstool was still going to have their Barstool TV dot TV. That would be the perfect scenario. Yes, so you could watch kind of like the Manning cast. Yes, you can watch the Manning cast, or you can watch Troy and Joe. I watched the Manning cast a couple of weeks ago, and I did not. I love the Mannings, and I think they're great. And I actually learned a couple things, but. I can't do that. I, I got to watch the normal stuff. But it's for people who don't want to watch the game. Yeah. That want to have yeah. a different experience. Like last last night, I just saw a blurb that Tua was playing his guitar and Peyton was singing. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's my team playing, I'm not happy about now, that. To go, back and, to go back and watch part of those snippets, yeah, mm-hmm. that's fun. Yeah. But not, not during the game itself. Yeah. So as we mentioned, Toledo, a uh, little bit of trouble in the portal for the 11-2 and two Rockets, uh, starting with Daquan Finn, their starting quarterback, the MAC MVP, uh, 6'2", 205-pound junior signal caller, threw for 2,657 yards and 22 touchdowns this year while leading Toledo to that 11-2 and two record and a, league, uh, a berth in the league title game. They lost to Miami of Ohio. Their only two losses, it was a two-point loss at Illinois to start the year, Finn was so good in that game, even in a loss, he was named the the Max Offensive Player of the Week. 
Uh, really, really good player. Uh, according to 24-7 Sports, he's the 18th overall best available player right now and the 7th best quarterback which, I mean, folks, that's saying a lot. I mean, Ohio State's Kyle McCord is in the portal right now. As you know, in the Mountain West, Jaden Maeva from UNLV, the freshman of the year, he's in there. Uh, Taylor Green from Boise State's in there. Uh, you also got Washington State's Cam Ward, Duke's Riley Leonard, Oklahoma's Dylan Gabriel. Uh, the list goes on. Will Howard from K-State, Dante Moore from UCLA, Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Uh, this guy is a really good player. You know, being more on the fan side of it, Jared, are you happy with that? And you're like, man, that gives Wyoming a leg up. Like you said, the line's already moved. As a, a person who's going to be covering this game and an objective sports fan in general, it's like, man, you want them to have all their guns. Uh, yeah, it's as a better. <laughs> you want to, like, hey, the line's moved two and a half points in Wyoming's favor. Jump on it yesterday, you get you get two and a half extra points and maybe even – some extra money per se because they were on the plus side. Now they're on the minus side. Uh, but definitely games like this, you wanted to get Toledo at their best. And then it, it's a little more, you know, bragging rights. Well, beat the Mac champ that was um, two points away from most likely being in the, a New Year's Day game. Yeah. Because yeah. if, if they beat, if they were undefeated in the Mac championship game, most likely they would have beat Miami. I'm yeah. just throwing it out there. Undefeated, they would have been the highest group of five team. Ranked, and yep. they would have been in that um, Liberty spot. Yeah. So, um, but you know, now you, I don't want to say it's a guaranteed win, but man, you feel pretty good for Wyoming right now without these key players for Toledo. Yeah, and it's it doesn't just stop at Finn. Uh, first team all Ma- all Max selection. Vinny uh, Vinny Skiuri. He's a <laughs> their best offensive lineman. I mean, the guy's incredible. He's huge. He's a grad transfer. He's getting ready to go on somewhere He's else. No, the brick. The Brickishoff. <laughs> he's no Frank Crum, but he's pretty <laughs> damn good. Uh, reserve running back Micah Kelly also in the porter a portal along with safety Nick Turner. Um, ouch. I and, mean, it, and it may not be ending there. I mean, before yeah. we're done on the first day, there might be, you know, if they're practicing today and tomorrow and a couple guys are like, oh, man, screw this. There might be a couple more. You never know. Yeah, and, you know, um, they're losing a lot. This offense goes through Finn, no doubt about it. But this job is likely going to fall on the shoulders of sophomore Tucker Gleason. He is a Georgia Tech transfer. Um, this year, he's 14-21, 199 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, the Tampa product did see extended time in 2022. He started games against Eastern Michigan and Bowling Green. Um, in that game in Ypsilanti, he was 15-27, 238 yards and three scores. Um, that earned him the uh, Mac West Offensive Player of the Week that week. So the kid has played a little bit. Uh, pretty good, and and you know, here's a guy that I've been keeping my eye on. The nation's sixth leading rusher, Penny Boone, Toledo's leading back, uh, rushed for 1,400 yards this year on just 194 carries. That's 7.2 average. He also scored 16 touchdowns, including 15 on the ground. He is your offensive player of the year in the MAC. Really good running back. Uh, the read option between him and Finn was, you know, it was damn near unstoppable. So. A lot of the pressure is obviously going to fall on Boone if Boone's going to be there. Yeah. Because if I you're mean, him right now, you're going, I just lost my best blocker. I lost my quarterback. Toledo's not exactly a place where I would suspect you can rebuild quickly and through the portal. So maybe he's saying, I better weigh my options too. And of course, you can come back. You can come back to the school. I don't think Finn will. He's going to get power five offers galore, but. Well, we'll I was talking to somebody earlier about that. They were like, well, I didn't even know you could come back. And I said, well, you can come back, but 99% of the coaches aren't going to allow you to come back. No doubt. They're not going to let you go test the waters. No, hell no. And then like, oh, by the way, I didn't get I didn't get that $200,000 bag of cash like I thought I was going to, mm-hmm. and I wasn't guaranteed a, a position here or there. So can I come back? Yeah, and as you know, like neither one of us can obviously stand Boise State, but Eric McAllister lit Wyoming up and then was in the portal, or one, in, announcing his intentions to be in the portal the next week. Coach Avalos gets fired. He all of a sudden says, oh, I'll come back. The player said, no, no thank you. And he's an incredible offensive weapon, and they go on and win the Mountain West Conference. So, yeah, do you, can you imagine Colby Taylor wanting to come back? Craig Bowl would say, sorry, buddy. Uh, DQ James, obviously the other guy in the portal, he he was obviously dismissed from the team in late September anyway, so he wasn't coming back. But uh, I think the Cowboys are in really good shape. I talked to a source uh, inside the program this week. He tells me, 
I don't expect the portal to be active. And this is a guy in the locker room that would hear that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't either. Uh, you know, among the other beat writers, we talk about it in the press box during games. We're like, who do you see on this field right now that would potentially enter the portal? Um, there are some guys I think that could surprise us, but guys who are already announced on senior day, like a Shea Suyanoa, for instance, outside linebacker, he has a year of eligibility left. He, the door is potentially cracked for him to come back to Wyoming. It's also cracked to get in the portal and see what he can do, or maybe he's done with football. And we've talked about this before. If they're a graduate transfer, good for them. Yeah. Let them go to the next place without any scrutiny whatsoever. Of course we would want them back. Yeah. We want, we want Wyoming to be successful, and we want their best players to be on the field. But if they've graduated, they want to go test their water somewhere else as a grad transfer, let them do it. Yeah, Xavion Valde is the poster boy for that. Yep. And to see people talk bad on him and bash on him is um, it's unfair, and it's infuriating. It really is. Um, that guy probably should have left for the NFL three years into his Wyoming career. As you know, that, that position has literally no value in the NFL anymore, and guys aren't even getting drafted. So yeah, he's got a lot of miles on those legs, and a lot of those miles happened in Laramie where he's the second-leading rusher in Wyoming history, and you cannot take that from that kid. Um, he's about as good as they get. The source is also telling me, Jared, that um, the reason a lot of guys aren't getting in the portal, one of the reasons, um, there's a ton of positions open. I mean, we had, what, 18, 19 guys come out on Senior Day, get announced on Senior Day? Um, here's some positions that are up for grabs. Quarterback, which we think Evan Sabota. I, I think you think that. Evan Sabota's I would hope so, yeah. Slide right in there. They do have some young guys, too, that they're excited about. Carson May and Caden Anderson. Uh, Jaden Clemens is still on this roster as well. Wide receiver, they lost a ton of wide uh, Ryan Marquez, uh, Wyatt Wheeland, Ayura Santi, um, Gunnar Gentry, they're going to need some of those younger kids to step up, and I think we both are under the agreement, go get some skill guys in the portal. Go get me another Ayer Asante. Absolutely. Um, Devin Body is a guy who needs to really step up next year. Um, he was all but non-existent this year. Um, need him to, to really hit it next year. And real quick on Asante, I even bid on it for a second when he announced the other day, <laughs> one more in the, in the brown and gold, and I was like, how did he get one more year? Then I'm like, oh, you dumbass. <laughs> it's one more game, one more game. One in more the brown game. and gold. So, folks, it's just one more game. Wish you could have had him from his <laughs> sophomore year. Um, just the most well-spoken, friendly, polite, hardworking kid. Love that kid. Um, it's hard to believe that that year is already up with him. Uh, defensive tackles. Cole Goodbow's gone. <laughs> Jordan Bernoulli, is, uh, he's about to be a father. Um, he has a year of eligibility, but... Think he's going to do the father thing. He's graduate, all that good stuff. Did you give him any advice? Uh, I don't have any. <laughs> do not follow my advice. That's the advice. <laughs> both linebackers, Easton Gibbs, Chase Uyanoa, both have your eligibility remaining. I know Easton wants to test the pro waters. Shay, um, he talked to Ryan Thorburn last week. The possibility is open to coming back. He really wants to talk to his family, see what his next step's going to be. Uh, so that could be both linebacker positions, both defensive tackles. And Craig Bull always talks about the strength of your defense is right up the middle. Cowboys have a lot to replace there. Uh, you're excited about uh, a Connor Shea at linebacker. He got some playing time this year. Cole DeMarzo was pretty disruptive this year. Uh, ben Florentine up front. I mean, they're really excited about some young guys they have in the in the program, too. Uh, who were freshmen this year uh, on that front line. So, uh, cornerback, Ja'Cory Hawkins. Um, I would say it's you could easily say he was the Cowboys' best defender back there this year. Uh, he is out of eligibility. Um, obviously, with Colby Taylor gone, Ian Bell did get some playing time. Tyreekus Davis will be back. They've got some parts, but they need to they need to regroup. They're excited about Keani Parks, who moved from running back to, to cornerback during the uh, fall camp. They're excited about him, too. Um, punter. Clayton Stewart and Ralph Fawaz are both gone. Clayton Stewart is out of uh, out of um, eligibility, but Fawaz has a year left, and I don't know what he's doing, but he's gone. On the offensive side of the ball, aside from wide receiver and quarterback, left tackle is it. Who fills in for Frank Crum? Who moved, does Caden Barnett move from the right side to the left side like Frank did before this season? Um, I think they're excited about some young guys. Some young guys took some lumps this year, but got a lot of playing time. Uh, the Luke Sandys of the world, um, he played a lot this year. So I think that's going to be beneficial to him. Uh, but there's a ton of spots open on this on this entire roster and some key spots. So, And you got to remember, this is a developmental program. Yep. There are young guys that 
really we haven't even heard their names or even know who they are yep. that will be able to step up. And we've seen the last three or four years, like, I, actually, I remember him from signing day, but I don't remember anything. And all of a sudden, bam, he's starting. Yeah. Get ready to be confused. There's Jaden Williams and Jaden Williams, and they're spelled differently, but they're both defensive tackles. <laughs> and uh, I'd imagine they're both going to play a lot next year. I wonder how they're going to put their names on the back. Oh, that's oh, right. There are no names on the no back of the No worries. Dudes. No worries there. <laughs> uh, another thing, Jared, I uh, did a, for those of you that haven't checked it out, on 7220sports.com, uh, there's a 2024 Wyoming Cowboys football recruiting tracker. You can check that out. There's 18 guys right now verbally committed to the Wyoming Cowboys. Seems high. Seems like a lot, man. And Cowboys are taking full beat, like you said, the, the developmental part. They're taking advantage of other teams like Utah State who just dive into the portal left and right, and Colorado State who does the same. Definitely, I think this is the most they've ever had this early. Early. Mm-hmm. For sure, because usually it's this weekend, next weekend, and maybe last weekend is when a lot of these recruits are coming in and they're really finalizing things for a normal February yep. recruiting period. Yep. But now – um, this signing day is December twentieth. Yep, and which is almost al- also another nightmare for um, me. Like if if that whole game would have been in Frisco on the nineteenth, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, signing day the next day, and it's not just for sports writers; it's for everybody. Everyone, yeah, no doubt. I thought about that immediately, uh, even though selfishly I wish we were in Frisco. Um, yeah, they've even lost a couple of uh, these verbal commits. They had a kid out of Colorado who is, I don't believe, has he decommitted. Uh, don't know where he's going, but he had a lot of P5 offers. And they also just lost a guy to Kansas State um, who was commit, verbally committed. Of course, these are all verbal commits. Uh, none of these guys are signed on the dotted line yet. But from the sounds of it, it looks like 18 dudes, uh, as of now, are going to ink on the dotted line here in, what, 15 days? So um, Craig said he loves where they're at. Um you know, of course, we talked a couple weeks ago. We bothered Craig in a press conference about, are you going to retire? Uh, Ryan Thorburn mainly with the uh, the pushing and prodding that day. Um, but he said, you know, he, he really danced around it and mainly said, yeah, we've been out recruiting. Um, I, I'm not giving in here. I'm not retiring. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm out recruiting. Uh, but w- his quote was, what you're seeing is, what are schools trying to do? Are they trying to revamp their roster with transfers? Are they going to stay developmental? Are they going to go with a hybrid model? We're still choosing to build our program through a developmental model and supplement, a.k.a. Ayur Asante, a.k.a. Tyreekus Davis. Love getting those skill guys out of the portal. Absolutely. Build the rest and get the skill guys. And they've been proven. Yeah. I mean, look at these guys, what they've done the last two years yeah. at those skill positions. Well, this year alone, Andrew Peasley – who was still getting fresh crap today online for some reason. 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. The guy is 8-3 and three this year. He didn't play against Texas. The guy's 8-3. And, and what's his home record again? Yeah, unbeaten. Yeah. Well, one loss. One loss. Against San Jose and State he was banged year. up in that game. Yeah. So he, he came from the portal. Harrison Whaley, team's leading rusher, portal. And boy, I bet we all wish he was healthy this year um, and played every game this year healthy. Uh, he'd be right up here with this uh, this. This Boone kid from Toledo, uh, if not more. Um, so, Ayer uh, Asante led the team in receiving touchdowns. I mean, the portal has worked fine for the Cowboys. They're doing a great job in that in that uh, department. This is really going backwards now, but let's go back to the Nevada game real quick. Mm-hmm. How about them not huddling sometimes, just getting up to the line of scrimmage and playing football? Yeah. Boy, wasn't it nice. And it was just a flow – and they looked so good. <laughs> and usually the Cowboys get bitched at for what playing down to their uh, competition. Those last two games. But I'm just thinking with this squad the way it is, these seniors, you know that they're in the coach's ears. Let us play at that speed. Yeah. Let's practice that. Let's get these other plays in that we haven't maybe ran this year. You know, there's always a couple of wrinkles in bowl games. Let's have fun and mm-hmm. let's go out on top and let's put 40, 50 on the board. Yeah. Do exactly what you've done the last two weeks. They look free. They look loose. I know the the teams haven't been great that they've played against, but Wyoming's always played down to their competition, right? They if I didn't get that games. in right now, I would have forgot because yeah, I'm over good. 50. So. That's good, though. I mean, it's true, man. They, and I asked Bull that after the Hawaii game. I said, what? Where, where, where has this been? As like, did you guys just say, to hell with it? We're letting it fly today? Uh, did Hawaii show you something on film? 
Uh, he just kind of said, hey, they let a couple guys go, and we took advantage of it. But it was more than that. They took shot after shot after shot because we were bitching the week uh, during the pregame show Absolutely. about how they never go deep. and yep. How many plays over 20 yards? How many plays over 20 yards in those last two weeks? Well, it was the first play and the fourth play. Yeah, exactly. The third play and the fourth play, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they had more 20-plus yard plays in those last two games than they did all year. And I know we have two more weeks to three, – actually, three more weeks to really – figure this stuff out and we'll we'll talk about it on a on a kickoff show before yep. the bowl game but yep. um I really think that Wyoming's going to let it fly. I do too. And and folks, if you haven't jumped on Wyoming yet, do it. This is your betting advice. <laughs> and jump on the over right now. No doubt. No doubt. Uh let's look at some uh, Mountain West bowl games here. Seven teams going bowling in the Mountain West here. Um, Sorry CSU. Yeah, nice try. CSU is not one of those. Uh, the New Mexico Bowl, uh, which I thought Wyoming was going to, I must admit, I wrote a p- entire an entire story saying Wyoming versus New Mexico State and broke it all down, had about a 500-word story ready to hit send on. And, of course, it's Fresno State versus New Mexico State. The Bulldogs playing without head coach Jeff Tedford, uh, who's out with a medical issue of some sort. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that, especially with recruiting day right around the corner. Um, depending on if he, you know, we, he's had a medical condition, make him leave this profession for a couple of years. So um, we'll look at that. And no we'll, spring chicken anymore. No, he's not. And, and we'll talk about some coaching changes here in the Mountain West here in a minute too. But Fresno State, New Mexico State should be a pretty good matchup. Fresno State really took a dump at the end of the year. Uh, New Mexico State's a fun team to watch. I watched them play Liberty. They were going up and down the field, no problem. Ten and four, seven and one in their first year in Conference USA, and uh, they should have a healthy contingent there in uh, in University Stadium. That would have been a fun bowl game. To be it would have. It would have because I probably would have broke a attendance record. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, I know New Mexico's played there a couple times in their own bowl game, but. I don't think they sold it out. No, 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 no way. Um, Boise State uh, made a improbable run uh, like they're known to do and won the Mountain West Conference, knocking off UNLV in their home stadium last week. They proved uh, everybody wrong that they still have the elite talent. They do. They do. Yeah. And I don't know why anybody was shocked. I don't know why Wyoming didn't show up in that game. Uh, we know what kind of horses they have. They'll think Wyoming's closed the gap. But not as close as I had once thought. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, they will be playing that game, uh, the L.A. Bowl, um, hosted by Gronk. Uh, Boise State versus UCLA, that one's also on December 16th. Would you rather have Gronk hosting it or Jimmy Kimmel, though? I'm going to say Gronk. Yeah, it'll be more fun, I assume. With, with I wonder Gronk. if a couple of the players are going to sneak out and do some beer bongs with him. <laughs> Well, I don't know how many, or, how many other kind of bongs too. Uh, LDS, I don't know. yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, Boise State still doing their thing. They also have a new head coach. We'll talk about here in a sec. Uh, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. That's the one I wanted in Fort Worth in TCU's backyard. Air Force versus James Madison. James Madison is going to beat the shit out of Air Force. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> if they can even remotely stop that option, they are going to crush the Falcons. Falcons just might fumble it to them every, every other down anyway. Who cares? Boy, you thought Fresno State took a dump. Air Force took a dump. And it started with Wyoming. It did. Yeah. But I'm going to go back. I said that Air Force was overrated going into that game, Wyoming game, and Wyoming laid an egg in the fourth quarter. Should have won that game. But – for Air Force to be talked about as that New Year's Day team, yeah, they're going to be in the top ten. All this stuff, no way in hell, no, did I ever think that when it was happening, no. And they proved me right, and a lot of other people right that by losing their last four games, and especially the way they did, yeah, yeah, I didn't expect them to lose to Army, let alone get smacked. I thought they would win that game, but I thought, man, now here's some meat in their finally some meat in their schedule, but it's. Where you catch Air Force. If you catch them after October 25th, maybe even maybe it's November 1st, your chances of beating them go up because they just don't have the depth yeah. that some other teams do. And, they've and they're just beat up. beat up a little bit. Yep. And so when you see that schedule announced for 2024, we've seen Wyoming play Air Force two years in a row early in the conference season. Yep. Now it should probably switch back to later in the season 
to where in 24 and 25, Wyoming will get Air Force later in the year and increase their chances in that game. That'd be good. You know what it kind of reminded me of was the Wyoming Cowboys in 2005 after the turnover fest against TCU and then couldn't win a game after that, just lost it. Lost their mojo. They're talented as hell, but just lost it. Billy Cockhill. Oh, God. <laughs> Boy, was that you're miserable. Uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Levi Williams and the Utah State Aggies will take on Georgia State. Cowboys obviously familiar with both of those programs. Knocked off uh, Georgia State in the Arizona Bowl in 2019. Uh, Utah State, of course, and last time Levi Williams played in that venue, uh, he ran for about 5,000 yards. You're a tattoo guy. What is on Levi's arm? <laughs> He's got some kind of lion or something. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> he doesn't look like the tattoo type, No, he? and yeah. especially how big it was uh-huh. and a lion. The first one. Yeah, first one, a big lion. I wonder what else he's got. Uh, I don't know. We don't want to know. No. Uh, I talked to I still talk to Levi's dad and um I had another one of our fantastic fans reach out to me and say Levi won't be playing in that game he's going to be a navy seal. Um you think he's going to miss the bowl game um that he got that yeah. team into and he's likely the starter in he's playing in the potato bowl. And the training for the navy seal stuff starts in January. And he gets married in March so um yeah. And congratulations and yeah. you know good for Levi for yeah. doing what he's going to do. Hopefully he gets through the training. Yep. It is one of the most difficult things in the country to do. No doubt. And you know what? I, I've always liked Levi on a personal level and liked his game in so many ways. Um, what I really like about him is this year he went up to his coach and was like, hey, can I just – can I play? Can I can I please help our team and get on the field? If quarterbacks have huge egos. They're not doing that. They're not saying, hey, can I please play special teams? He played special teams for Utah State for a couple of weeks, and then he gets rewarded with the starting quarterback job in a must-win game in New Mexico, and make no mistake, he made that game happen. I don't know if I ever would think this would come out of my mouth. I actually enjoyed watching New Mexico against Utah State. I did, too. It was a fun game. It to really watch. was. Yep. I was, I was rooting for a next overtime. Me, too. Krosky Merritt is awesome. He is a great running back at New Mexico. If you haven't watched him, uh, he is really good. Is he in the portal? No. I think I don't think he can. He he came over he from came? yeah he came over from right. South Alabama I want to say right. or Alabama State one of those I can't remember but uh, anyway Hawaii Bowl that one was figured out a couple weeks ago that's San Jose State at Coastal Carolina or versus Coastal Carolina that one makes a lot of sense San Jose State just doesn't travel well they're closer to Hawaii and that game is never for butts in the seats no it's about rewarding two teams yeah TV purposes they're gonna break dead even on the game for going. And it's a reward, but man, I don't care if I was at Coastal Carolina or not. I don't know if I want, would want to be rewarded to go to Hawaii from Coastal Carolina. It's about a 16-hour flight. <laughs> That's going to be a long one. And it's on December 23rd, two days before Christmas. Uh, San Jose State's playing really good football. It's hard to believe that team started 1-5 and five and they finished the year 7-5. and five. Uh, It sucks they didn't get into the Mountain West Championship game. I mean, a computer figured that out and put Boise State in that game. That would have so, been a – I wonder what the outcome would have been, though, with San Jose State and UNLV. Man, they're hot. I would have said probably the same. Yeah. Yeah. They're hot, though, man. They're San Jose State's a really good program right now. Brent Brennan has done wonders with that program. And he already turned down a P5 offer, uh, I believe, to Arizona a couple years ago. I would not be surprised if somebody comes knocking on his door uh, real soon. Uh, I already talked about this one a little bit, guaranteed rate bowl. I would have loved that bowl game. It's Tuesday, December 26th. Not ideal, but it's in Phoenix. It's in the home of the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, Chase Field, right smack in downtown uh, Phoenix. Uh, and they're playing Kansas, a Power 5 school that was 8-4 and four this year so. Uh, UNLV, you can't say enough about them. It, it sucks they're not going to have their starting quarterback. Jaden Maeva is in the portal, and it, it sucks because he played his high school football in Vegas, and it's just you kind of thought he's not going. Well, there's tampering going on. Absolutely. For Barry Odom to lose a guy like that that's in his backyard, yeah. there's definitely tampering going on. That he's been offered money that UNLV can't match. That sucks. It just sucks. I mean, but that's where we're at. I'm shocked. I'm still getting all this stuff, Jared, about loyalty and all that. And it's like, guys, you've got to pull for the name on the front of the jersey more now than ever. Coaches, players, all of them, go for your Wyoming Cowboys, period. And for the people who are saying these things, what if somebody in in your profession 
offers you fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a signing bonus to go to work for them. Are you going? Most likely. Especially when you're at a bigger program, a marquee program. I mean, let's be real here. Jaden Maeva sees that there's only fifteen to twenty thousand people in those seats. Yep. Vegas is a not a local kind of town. There, you know, UNLV just doesn't have yeah, and it's going to take a while to build. They're building it, but it sucks that he's leaving because yeah, he's a big I mean, part of it. I mean, think if you were a, an auto mechanic at Ken's Corner Standard Station yeah, and then a big-time statewide entity comes up to you and says, I'm going to give you a $100,000 bonus to come work for us instead. Mm-hmm. Are you going to stay in the same profession but move up in your job? Well, and I've actually been asked those kind of questions. Um Pertaining to how much you love Wyoming, because, I mean, it's no secret. I'm from here. I went to every game growing up, all that stuff. I'm from here, so I like to think that I would stay at Wyoming no matter what. But 95% of this Wyoming roster is not from here. So they don't have the kind of loyalty that we're born with here. So and, they're like, hey. <laughs> and you have to think about family situations. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen plenty of players go back close to home to where they may have ailing grandparents or parents or want to play closer to home period to have people come. There's a lot of things like that that go into this. So put yourself in their shoes, well, and, not just your own selfish shoes. Well, and Barry Odom is a hell of a coach and he, you think if Texas A&M came calling this year, he wouldn't have left you in LV. Somebody, somebody texted me after the Boise game. Oh, Boise, ugh. And I was like, I'm actually kind of happy that they won that game because I don't want UNLV to get rolling much <laughs> more than they already are. They do seem like a sleeping giant in so many ways, but I think the the fan base is just so. But they haven't won that many games since 1984. Yeah, like I, Randall Cunningham. I still don't think it's sustainable there. I don't either. It's just too much of a commuter Flash town. The pant yeah, deal. people aren't from there. People aren't, you know. Even the people that go to school there aren't from there. So, I don't know. I I, I feel like they could be a sleeping giant maybe in basketball. Uh, we've seen it. So, but, man, they've lost it. <laughs> Been a long time. A long time. Last game for the Mountain West, Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, Wyoming, Toledo. That game is Saturday, December 30th, 2.30 p.m. Mountain kickoff time on the CW and Barstool.tv. Yes, folks, you can get it on your cable network. Oh, my God. How many times have I had to tweet that in the last 48 hours? Uh, yeah, this is the sixth time Wyoming has made a bowl game in the last eight seasons and the second straight season in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Not ideal to play in the same bowl game twice, but if it was the Rose Bowl, it'd be really ideal to play in the same bowl game twice, wouldn't it? Yeah, you just don't <laughs> see it, especially at these level bowl games going back back to back years. But there's plenty of times like the Big Ten teams, they try to jockey, so they're not going to the same those same like the Fenway Bowl or the Pinstripe Bowl, whatever it is, two years in a row, but it does happen. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> something you're excited about, something I'm excited about. Oregon State and Washington State have come to a scheduling agreement with the Mountain West Conference for next year. And like you said before we came on, probably the next year. And then the Mountain West TV rights are up and they can go now to the bargaining table with Oregon State and Washington State. It's a great scenario. Mm -hmm. And I saw some stuff earlier today. People are like, well, dump BYU. Why? We don't want to play BYU. And then we're going to play. It's not, you're not getting rid of any games that are already scheduled on the non conference next year. It's conference. They're playing one less conference games. They're playing seven conference games. You're four non conference games. And Washington State or Oregon State in that eighth so-called conference game spot that doesn't count Count, towards the standings. And Wyoming has two protected games in Colorado State and Air Force. So they'll have two other games. Who that's going to be against, don't know. And then they're going to throw in Oregon State or Washington State, which makes your schedule even better. A lot better. And And they might be in Laramie. And hopefully it's Oregon State. Yeah. Because they did play Washington State home and home if, you know, a few years back. Mm-hmm. So I would hope that they have said, you know, we haven't played Oregon State in a long time. And Oregon State will have a new coach. And down two quarterbacks. ton of new players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that game might be in Laramie, which yeah, makes, makes it schedule even better because you got BYU at home, you got them at home, you got Air Force at home. It's a pretty nice schedule. That'd be great. It would be awesome. So, yeah, I, I see that as an absolute win-win. I see that as another step toward this becoming a merger. And I'm going to give Brett a shout-out for this. 
he tweeted out as soon as the Arizona Bowl was announced, he goes, Wyoming's next two football games are in the state of Arizona because Wyoming opens up at Arizona State Labor Day weekend yep. 2024. And guess where Wyoming's potential starting quarterback is from? Hmm, the state of Arizona. <laughs> Boy, that'd be fun. I know Evan Sabota's already talked about having multiple, multiple people showing up to Sun Devil Stadium in late August next year. So right now it's him, and I talked about it on Thorburn's podcast yesterday. Um, the one player, if there's one player on this roster that you cannot lose to the portal, not named Evan Sabota, it's his roommate, John Michael Gillenborg. Those two could be really special. We've talked about it before. I mean, Gillenberg has not played a lot of football, but he has the NFL body. Mm-hmm. He has the NFL speed. Mm-hmm. He just needs to get the NFL football yep. down. It's funny talking to Shannon Moore, the tight ends coach. I was like, I mean, how far behind the curve was this guy? And he goes, man, you're talking football jargon, and you look over at J. Mike, and he's kind of – you know, this was early in the year. You know, the kid's really smart. He's really bright. His dad's a lawyer. Uh, but he's sitting in the corner just kind of like pretending he knows what the hell they're even saying. And he's like, did you get any of that? And he's like, mm. Kind of like wedding crashers. Yeah. I don't even know what the blank and hot route is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what, that, route. I don't even know what the F a quail is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but those two, they, you know, Peasley joked about it last week. Those two have some kind of special connection. They're, they're roommates. Uh, anytime uh, Evan's getting in trouble, he seems to find J. Mike. So uh, those two could be really good. That's the guy, in my opinion, on this roster that you cannot lose. <laughs> and it scares me because I can see on Facebook his dad's a big Kansas fan, and they're from that area. And it's like, man, boy, would Kansas love to have that guy as their tight end. So stay away, Kansas. And you also got to, I mean, when you're looking at projections for next year, Dwayne McNeely. Yeah. Will should be back in a Wyoming uniform. No doubt. Come the fall of 2024, fully healthy after a knee injury this year. Um, that running back room is going to be as healthy as it's been. You know, we thought this year was going to probably be the deepest that room's ever been. Mm-hmm. And then you just look at, in the future and it's like, oh my gosh, you have Whaley, McNeely, Farrell Sam got, Scott, Farrell, Farrell. Farrell got better at the end of the year, too. Yeah, he was he was seeing holes that he wasn't early Yes, yep. And maybe the holes were bigger now, too. Yep, but. absolutely. Uh, a lot of coaching changes in the Mountain West. Spencer Danielson, 35-year-old Spencer Danielson, named the head coach at Boise State. He was the interim. The team apparently really loves the guy. He's young, energetic, all that good stuff. Um, he will take the reins. Does that bode well for the, the rest of the Mountain West? That the team wanted him, the AD chose to stay with him. I would say it's an alarm bell kind of situation, but three or four of their last hires are from in-house. So but they're used to it. Thirty-five. I mean, Avalos wasn't much older, much older yeah. but didn't work out. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just such a crapshoot either way you cut it. I really thought Harson was coming back. And I did, too. Like, oh, no, here I, we go again. I did, too. I so did it's, too. I, think it, I think it bodes well for – Wyoming and the rest of the Mountain West that they hired such a young guy with no experience other than, hey, the guys like him. Yeah, and that that does speak volumes when the guys like you. But, yeah, no, I'm with you. And I thought it was going to be Harson too. And also, Harson's a an Oregon State guy, too. And I thought, uh-oh, Oregon State's open, too. Uh, they stay in-house. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh-oh, a familiar face possibly signing on the dotted line down in Albuquerque, Bronco Mendenhall. Former BYU head coach, Virginia head coach, was a D.C. under Rocky Long, so you know he knows his defense down in Albuquerque in the late 90s. Pete Thamel, ESPN, is reporting this just about an hour ago that New Mexico has targeted Mendenhall to be the next football coach. Um, A source told him on Tuesday, which is today, and it might be finalized here in the next um, few hours or next couple days. What I saw in their final three was Mendenhall – Rocky Long or Matt Wells, former head coach at Utah State and Texas Tech. And I'm thinking, man, New Mexico's lining up. That's three really quality dudes that are showing up to a program that has not won in years. Well, they couldn't win with Bob Davey, though. No, oh, hell no. And he was Mr. Notre Dame, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is a really good hire. Oh, I do, too. New Mexico. Bronco knows how to coach. He knows how to recruit. 
and he, you know, he's recruited that area before. He obviously is part of Rocky Long's crazy defensive tree. He was an assistant at New Mexico from 98 to 2002 and says he knows the territory well. Mm-hmm. And he's done an extensive uh, work maximizing both BYU and Virginia during his time as head coach at both of those places. I believe he took Virginia to an Orange Bowl, uh, was dominant in years, his later years at BYU. Never understood why he left BYU in the first place, to be honest. It was odd. Yeah. Because he seemed like a dude who'd be there for the next 30 years and be a, another Lavelle Edwards type. His first couple years were kind of, they were good. Who, who was the one, Gary Crowder was between Lavelle and him? And yeah. That's when they wore the baby bibs and Wyoming smacked him a couple times. Um, but he came in and righted the ship immediately. So he's a really good coach. Uh, he took that entire BYU staff with him to Virginia too. Um, so he's got some dudes. He's got a coaching tree of his own. Uh, really like San Diego State's hire. Sean Lewis, offensive coordinator, who was demoted this year at Colorado. Wyoming fans should be familiar with him in his, from his Kent State days, the last time the Cowboys were in the Potato Bowl. Kent State didn't have any trouble scoring that day. They had trouble stopping Wyoming and Levi Williams. Uh, they score and score and score, and man, does San Diego State need that. Their offense is dreadful. Their quarterback situation has been dreadful my entire life. They're a mess. He will keep one of the top guys in the Valley. That can run a spread offense. Yeah, they're, he's that person is going to stay in San Diego instead of leaving. Yep, they're going to be. I think he's a great hire. They've always had the offensive line. They've always had receivers. They've always had tight ends. Defense. They're if once they get that quarterback, it's going to be. It's going to be scary. Yep. I did see too. Their athletic director is now pitching that they are going to lower the season ticket costs and the single game ticket costs. That's been a huge problem down there. Uh, trying to get people to go to a game to see one of the worst offenses. And we know bad offense around here, folks. This offense was hideous bad. Like, quarterback could barely throw the football bad, like Iowa bad. It was scary. I also saw that Brady Hoke is owed a bunch of money. (laughs) So he didn't retire. Yeah. So he was relieved of his duties, and he still has to be around for – consulting yeah. if he wants this money. Yeah. That is the way these, some of these contracts are written. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if he takes another job, then that some of that money is dispersed separately. And yeah. Well, it's hard to believe that he's the same age as Craig Bull too. I mean, he's 65 years old, so I don't know if this is it for him or if he wants to take a coordinator job. I mean, Rocky Long's that old too, and it sounds like he's still in the market for a gig. So, um, I asked Craig Bull last time he was when he left San Diego State. I was like, "Do you ever think about hiring Rockies?" Like, you kidding me? We would our philosophies are totally different. We would butt heads like crazy. Like our egos would be just head button. <laughs> I would love to see Rocky and Laramie. I would absolutely love it. He's such a great Craig. guy. Uh, we already talked about Jeff Tedford out for medical reasons for Fresno State. Don't know how long that's going to last. Um, you know, like we said, he has had to step down before because of medical issues. And Nevada, I think they made a really safe, really good hire there, too. Jeff Choate, uh, who's currently on the Texas staff, he will see that through in the college football playoff with the Longhorns. Uh, he's very familiar with this conference. Uh, Utah State GA at one point, I believe, even coached in, in Logan. Uh, really took off under Chris Peterson at Boise State. Uh, went to Washington with him. Uh, took over at Montana State for a few years. Uh, very familiar with uh, the recruiting grounds and the area and the region, and uh, really safe hire for them. That is a he's a really good coach, and honestly, to me, Jared, I I I don't think I'm far off base here. Nevada's the toughest, pr- probably the toughest job in the Mountain West Conference in so many ways. I would agree with that. No, the money, the way the money's dispersed, that their stadium is absolutely atrocious. Um, they, glorified high schools. Yeah, you know, it's ter- yeah, it's terrible. It really is. And even Nevada fans would likely tell you that. I mean, I'd hope they'd tell you that. They're about to put a bunch of money into that basketball program. Steve Alford's king there. Uh, football has been an afterthought, and that's why Jason Jay Norville took off and went to CSU. They just don't put any money into that program. So um, you know, and Ken Wilson, they only gave him two years. That's a tough gig, man. Jay Norvell took like 14 guys to Fort Collins with him, including some of his best, like Torrey Horton and, and quarterbacks and like Clay Millen. Like, How's that worked out for him? Uh, not great. Other but than his pocketbook. His pocketbook's doing good. Plus, he had a good point. You know, I, I love my assistants and I want my assistants to get paid. And CSU can do that. Nevada can't. So I, I, th- I thought it was a really good hire, though. Uh, I think the Mountain West got better. 
in so many ways with these guys. I still think Timmy Chang is probably the right answer at Hawaii. Uh, keep Brett Brenton around as long as possible because, to me, he's the best coach in the Mountain West. And uh, Barry Odom, just fantastic. Coach of the year, deserved every second of that. He is a, he is a hell of a coach. Something that just came out, just popped up on ESPN here. Boise State running back Ashton Gente, the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year, will return to the team in 2024. Saw that. Oh. Bronco for life. All right. He's good. Damn. He's damn good. That that can only help finding a quarterback because they're not going to have a quarterback. Maddox Madsen will not play. Taylor Green obviously will not play against UCLA in the LA Bowl. So uh, maybe their guy's already on the stat, already on the roster. I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. Um, if you haven't, head over to uh, the social media account for 7220 Sports. There's an updated picture I got today from my buddy Juan Soto. The west side of War Memorial Stadium is about gutted. I was in Laramie today. It's gone. Yeah. Is it completely gone? It's gone now. Yeah. Yep. They're moving along, man. At, right after that Hawaii game, they all hands on deck. They were taking those seat backs off, and they're rolling tractors in and everything. You're like, whoa, yeah. they're it's getting been, moving. Bricks are gone, everything. So uh, they're getting after it. So yeah. it's going to look uh, a lot different come spring game time for sure, That's gonna be where cool. there's some stuff actually being erected at that time, hopefully. Yeah, I know there's some hurt feelings on that stuff too, but uh, I'm excited for it. It's going to look great. You know what? Improvements are needed in that you know stadium. It's uh, almost 75 years old. Yeah. Uh, the lower the lower was 1950. It looks every bit 1952. Yeah. And uh, it – that that side needed so much work to where the you know the concessions the restrooms i mean it was just so bad it was horrible that used to be the team's weight room underneath there yeah. too just be- really the track bad. used to like the jumpers had a jumping pit in there yeah. they'd have to run through oil spills from the the snow removal and the lawn mowing equipment and just smelled <laughs> yeah. like a auto body repair shop in uh, there yeah it's going to be so nice when it's done uh, yep. One thing I didn't understand, though, uh, or know, the visiting team locker room is going to go underneath that side now, too. Oh. I did not know that. I so didn't know probably going to be the best visiting team locker room around. Yeah. It'll be bare bones because you don't need a lot. You need area for the team to meet, dress, undress, dress, shower, and get out. You think they'll ever tear down that field house and do anything right there? At some point, yeah. I wonder what you would do there, though. Another indoor like a uh, track facility, uh, you know, it just, it needs to be a full size track. That's why they can only host really one meet there. It's, and it's because the turns are so short mm-hmm. um, that it's really hard on the guys and gals shins. Yeah. So a lot of memories in that place. A lot of uh, history in that I place. I still wish I would have seen a basketball. Me too. Place. Me too. Even a rodeo. I know. Been so much fun back <laughs> in the day to see in there. would have. <laughs> Speaking of basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys are returning home tonight to take on the South Dakota School of Mines. Hard Rockers. The Hard Rockers. First game in Laramie in 24 days for this young team. There's been some good. There's been some not so good. Portland was a major disappointment. Texas, I think, about when is expected. Uh, but that game in Portland, just just a really, really bad Showing for the Wyoming Cowboys. Other than that, at the tournament, Myrtle Beach played well. Played really well, despite a million turnovers. Actually, won a couple games there. So this is just a young team. Uh, they're going to gel. I know it sucks, and it's hard to see Colorado State be so good right now, as Wyoming is still finding themselves. But um, you know, they'll get some injured guys back. Uh, conference season's right around the corner here. We only have three, four games left, I think. A lot of four. conferences are already playing conferences. Uh, I know, right? yeah. I think we only have four non-con games left. Uh, three at home, then one at BYU, which is taking place the same day as the Arizona Isn't there a Bowl. tournament, though? A two-day tournament? Like, there's a possibility of playing South Dakota State? And... I don't know. I guess I haven't looked that far ahead. Yeah. I, I gotta admit, I'm still in football mode, uh, to say the least. But I am excited to go out and see this basketball team tonight and see see more of them and, and get to know them a little better. Well, and uh, this coming Saturday, Stephen F. Austin. Mm-hmm. Be a fun game to watch because yep. Stephen F. Austin likes to get up and down the court. Mm-hmm. Wyoming likes to get up and down the court when they can. Yeah. 
So that that'd be a fun game to go see. And then they got they do host Weber State, as you said. Yep. Coming up, um, Wildcats are usually pretty good, and Jeff Linder knows a lot about Weber State. So Weber had a big upset too to start the year, I believe. I can't remember who they beat, but they had a nice upset win early on in the year. And uh, yeah, I, you know, obviously we don't get a lot of quality home non-con games here, so Weber State's probably the one that's going to. Uh, <laughs> it's probably going to end up being the best one of them all. So, um, congratulations to the Cowgirls beating an undefeated BYU team a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, and former quarterback John Gustin and his wife Scarlett, who played basketball for Wyoming, their daughter was is BYU's star, mm-hmm. and um, didn't really hold her in check, but they won the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. BYU made a furious comeback in that one. It was getting a little hairy there at the end. You know what though? That showed a lot for Wyoming. Had a 16-point lead, lose that lead, and BYU's up one. And it's like, oh, is this just going to go the other way? And Wyman came back and answered right away. Yeah. And that's that's what they have to do. So um, real quick on the Cowboys, yeah, they host three games in a row, and then they go to the um, uh, the Sun Bowl Invitational. That's right. No South Paso. Dakota State, yeah. and then they would play UTEP or Norfolk State. That's right. Yep. That's right. Then they go to Provo, okay. which on December 30th, I know – Learfield scrambling, the athletics department scrambling. Cowgirls host Boise State on December 30th. Wyoming plays in the Arizona Bowl, and the Cowboys are at BYU all on the same day, as of right now, within a three-hour window of one another. Oh, man. So I guess as the Cowgirls probably get their time changed to maybe like 11 a.m. or noon, and plus, plus to give the fans that are going to go to that game time to go home and watch the bowl game yeah but on the broadcast side of it they're scrambling i know oh that. man i know uh the first arizona bowl in 2019 uh dave and kevin had to jump on a plane immediately and head to boise because cowboys played on on the 31st in boise and that's always been um the football crew finishes football season yeah it's always been their um mo yep. and as they should yes so yeah so who will be in provo what are they going to uh, do? That's a good question. I asked that question. Nobody would give me an answer on it. So huh. I have my interesting opinion on what should happen, but I'm not in that position anymore. Yeah, well, I'm going to be in Tucson. I'm not interested in being in Provo anywhere near uh, New Year's or any other day. Uh, and congratulations to the Cowgirl volleyball team. Mm-hmm. They are moving on to the grade eight of the NIVC, and they actually host Montana State tomorrow evening Yep. in the Elite Eight or grade eight, whatever you want to call it. Yep, big one for Mrs. Priggy uh, having a nice first year in Laramie. I believe they won their first, what, 13 games of the year or something like 11. that? 13 matches. I think they were 11 and 0. Yep. Yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff all the way around. Uh, obviously, we'll break down Toledo a little more as we go, get into some more basketball as we go. Um, get over to 7220sports.com. A lot of stuff. Uh, the recruiting tracker story on this Alex Haswell cat from, from Sheridan, Wyoming's lone Wyoming recruit this year. Uh, also breaking down Toledo and what's happening to them in the transfer portal. Uh, wrestling, they placed three at the Cliff Keen Invitational in Las Vegas. They are young, but they're going to come March. They're going to be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, you watched the Battle in the Barn. I did. That, that, that was really fun to watch. Um, they they got beat up a little bit, but, man, they they these young guys, I'm telling you, it's, they get some more um, matches under their belt. They're just going to continue to get better and better. And um, and plus, you know, these guys that aren't even on the mat yet are pushing them every single day as well. Nice. Good stuff. All right. Well, once again, Cowboys in the Arizona Bowl taking on Toledo, a, dare we say, depleted Toledo team. Uh, there's still some weeks left for guys to leave. So I think Wyoming's going to be okay in the transfer portal. So far, so good. Uh, signing day around the corner. We were kind of waiting on purpose for – the portal to open yesterday, make sure the bowl announcement was out before we did this podcast. And we were like, we're going to have so much to talk about. Really, we don't have a lot to talk no. about as far as Wyoming goes. Other other teams and um, coaching vacancies, coaching hiring, all these other places, yes. It's a good problem. Yep. I like it. Because uh, after they played in the Potato Bowl in 2021, that was a complete disaster. I know you're texting like, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this. And then you start asking questions like, yeah. Yeah, yep. that guy's gone. That Boy, gone. had to drive straight from the game in Boise <laughs> home. I drove the last 50 miles of my head out the window at 6 in the morning to stay awake. Have you figured so, out if you're driving or flying? I'm driving, I think. 
I like that drive. Plus, I'm going to go stay down in Las Cruces for a night, I think, and then come home and stay in Vegas for a night and hope like hell there's no weather. If you really wanted to, though, you could leave on the or get to Phoenix on the 26th, watch UNLV Kansas. Oh, yeah. Go down to Tucson and then come back to Phoenix and watch the Fiesta Bowl on the 1st. Should apply for some credentials to those. Could do it. That's a good idea. Wasn't thinking last year, too, what uh, Michigan and TCU were playing right down the street in the playoff. Missed it. Yep, and then we had a storm from hell coming, so went all the way to Kingman, Arizona. We're getting ready to go to Las Vegas. That storm is coming through Utah, so we had to haul ass to Albuquerque and then up, and uh, it started dumping around Colorado Springs. So it's a risk you take driving, but uh, I'd rather drive. I'd rather have wheels while I'm there and drive and just – I like driving. I hate flying. Flown a lot this year. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. You're crazy. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.